This is the Witness and Persecution Podcast with Nick and Ruth Ripkin. We're taking a very short winter break from recording, so we wanted to reintroduce our listeners to our most popular episode from 2023. We want to thank you for your support, and we would love if you would be so kind as to like, subscribe, and leave a review for Witness and Persecution wherever you get your podcasts. In the following episode, Nick begins the journey of combating the 10 lies of Satan that the church has believed. Welcome to the Witness and Persecution Podcast with Nick and Ruth Ripkin, where we equip you with biblical principles and truths and practices learned from believers and persecution to help you go across the street and cross the oceans with your witness to Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Anthony Ball, and as we've been sharing with our listeners most weeks, we want to invite you, there's only 18 days left, to purchase your tickets for a night of worship with Shane and Shane, a benefit concert for Nick Ripkin Ministries. We want you to be a part that's in Irving, Texas, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, February 26th at 6.30 p.m. You can find tickets at www.nickripkin.com slash worship. Nick is joining us for the episode today. Nick, you look a little bit cold. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. We've been running hard, and I sat in a high school basketball game for the first time uh, in 10 or 15 years, and and uh, and it man, it didn't do anything good for my back whatsoever. I, Those, I know I I was like snap, crackle, and pop all the way to to the car. <laughs> rice crispy Ripken. Yeah, just like a rice crispy old man. <laughs> I mean, when you're a teenager, those things aren't comfortable to sit in. Yeah, well, I uh, I have to find another way to support my house group. <laughs> oh, you did it! To, was it a? Yeah, one of their one of the sons plays on the basketball team, and he was the highest scorer. But in the first quarter, the coach took him out, and I saw him yell back at the coach, and he didn't play anymore. <laughs> well, so, that's a good lesson. Yeah, so I got to see him play about three minutes. Well, hopefully if he listens, uh, we'll tell him that Uncle Nate told him not to do that again. Well, he's a teenager, so that's been turned off. (laughs) No, teenagers listen really well. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad that you're here today. I'm so glad that uh, you've thought out and we've thought out here in Texas, too. Um, If our listeners remember, last couple of podcast episodes, we looked at uh, the four questions we must answer in order to be an effective witness. Those are our answers that we need to to come to terms with. And it was, I think, really challenging, really convicting, uh, looking through those questions and determining what the answers are, what the answers need to be for us to be an effective witness. Today, uh, I think we may even kind of go a little bit deeper and it may, we may have our feelings hurt a little bit, not out of, um, out of spite, but I think out of biblical conviction, Holy Spirit inspired conviction of what do we, whose voices are we hearing? What are we hearing? And uh, what, what lies and or truths are we, are we listening to as, as churches? Nick, I want you to kind of just jump into uh, what are, what are we listening to as churches and what do we actually need to be listening to and what are we hearing? Well, we're going to be talking about lies and lies and more lies because, you know, Satan is a 
uh, is a copier. Uh, he's a plagiarizer. Right. Uh, uh, we're going to see again how even with Jesus, he takes scriptures and, and twists them for his own benefit and in order to confuse God's people. And I mean, matter of fact, in, in John chapter 18, uh, Jesus said, I, I was born for this. He was uh, talking uh, 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 to Pilate. And he said, I came into the world for this, to bear witness to the truth. And all who are on the side of the truth listen to my voice. And, and Pilate's reply was, what is truth? Right. What is truth? You know, I, can, I just picture him just sitting on the throne, just going glazed in his eyes, not really interacting with Jesus anymore and staring out in space and knowing that he's part of the most powerful government and the powerful military and, and the strongest economy on earth. And that should sound familiar to a lot of us. And mm. yet he, 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 he doesn't really know uh, what, what he can trust. He doesn't know right. what the truth is. And, and therefore he, he, he can't really define why he's living or what death what's going to come after he dies. And so right. uh, one of the things that we often say is words on a piece of paper are about six or eight percent of communication. So we don't get to hear uh, Pilate's tone of voice. We don't get to look at his body language. But uh, I, I just picture him just sort of losing body tone and and staring off in space and just saying, you know, if I can find somebody that really can give me the truth, that's. That's what I'm going to buy into, but that, that's mm. not true. He, he so bought into a system, it would cost him his life to get out of it. Right. But, only, but only in giving his life would he find freedom in that. And so early in the story, uh, in the biblical story, we find that Jesus is, is, is taken out in the wilderness, and there he fasted for 40 days, and, and, and just that by itself. Man, I don't know how he does it. You know, I uh, oh yeah, I I, I I could sometimes fast easier in Africa than I can in America because there's just not stuff in stores and a lot of sweets that you know uh, tempt me. But uh, yeah. uh, but at the very point that his earthly ministry was to take off, uh, the earthly strain was so great, and this is when Satan. Uh, try to bring emotional and spiritual weakness on top of his physical weakness. And, uh, and there really went, uh, uh, Jesus and Satan went to war with each other. And, and, uh, uh, and, and I, I can hear Jesus, what Satan's trying to do uh, to, to Jesus is say, you know, can you really accomplish this task? You really believe this is why you 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 left heaven? Have you really heard the call correctly? Is obedience to a God that's somewhere off? Is it worth your life? And 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 and, and could can't this be done? Could this not be done another way? You know, because he knew what was coming as well as Jesus does, but. Uh, can't you do this other than a cross? Why, why in the world would you have to die uh, uh, for a world where there's not hardly a, 
There, there's no one is guaranteed to believe that your life and your death and your resurrection uh, uh, really matter. And, and uh, these doubts Satan were using was a ten, an, an intention to distract Jesus, and and uh, and and he and he knew how much the Old Testament meant to Jesus. So he's going to quote the Old Testament in order to twist it and to distract Jesus and, and, and to make him think, well, yeah, there's, a, uh, there's not just another way. There's an easier way, and it's a way that doesn't uh, involve uh, uh, public humiliation, being stripped and, and, and beaten and bloodied and then eventually uh, uh, crucified and and laid in a stranger's uh, 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 a grave and and so we celebrate as Christians the fact that Jesus stayed true to his calling and and what I want us to also celebrate is that through the power of the Holy Spirit we too at the end of our lives can celebrate the fact that we stay true to what Jesus commands us to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he can empower us to do the same thing that he did. But at the same time, there's a powerful, as we would say in rural Kentucky, uh, uh, somebody tells a story and or, or they're arguing one political side against the other. And I've heard it said around country stores where we're eating crackers and, and cheese or, or a piece of bologna for lunch as we worked the farm or we had been working construction and, and somebody would say, I don't know why you believe that stuff. That's just a pack of lies. Hmm. And that's what, that's what Satan was given. Jesus was just a, a, a pack of lies. And, and God's, uh, God's people today are allowing the evil one to whisper in their ear to where they can't hear hardly anything else. And, 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 and you can almost you can hear Jesus, the last words that he said on earth, what was not a suggestion. We said that almost every podcast. It was a command to cross the streets right. to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, uh, to the ends of the earth. And Satan has done it to us. He does it to all kinds of people, especially once they get married. Uh, I, I've watched it. The edge for single people's way out there. But when they get married and the risk is greater for that couple, where the edge is defined a little bit closer to home. And when Mm. children start coming to the equation, well, you can't sleep on the ground like you could as a single person. You you can't go and not wash your hair and wash your clothes and, and take care of your hygiene the way a lot of these single guys do when they're running around the mission field. I can't tell you how many times my wife, my sweet wife, who doesn't get in anybody's face, looks at these young men that come out for two years, take a shower, uh, wash your hair, cut your hair, comb your hair, and, 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 and be a good example of what a young man in the kingdom of God looks like, uh, uh, you know, they're trying to stay single. Yeah, well, I don't know. That could be true, but I think they've got a picture of Jesus and his disciples being and acting a way that they didn't, they weren't, and, mm. and the way they didn't act. And so the Satan's just saying, you know, are, have you heard, you know, Jesus didn't really command you to do this. 
So you need to wait for a special call. Oh my goodness, mm. how that's all over the place. And are you sure obedience is worth your life? Or are you actually going to do this to your parents and, and, and leave them alone in their old age and, and, and take their grandchildren uh, from them? And, and, and mm. are, are you certain? Uh, that, are you really the kind of man that would put your wife and your family at risk for what? For what? You have no guarantee that religious stuff that you sprout, spout uh, uh, is going to have any, any uh, uh, you have to die to find out whether it's true. And mm-hmm. so, but God's word, word is so clear and his commands are so direct and his intentions are so compelling, then why in the world are 93% plus of all those we call missionaries, workers out there, they're in Christian countries. They're mm-hmm. in countries that are predominantly Christians. And why, why does the church in the West, if Jesus' words are so radical, and he says to that rich young ruler, you take all that you have and give it to the poor. And as I've said to you, Anthony, I don't know if I've done it on the podcast, but when I got to Africa and I had good shelter, adequate shelter. We had access to medical care. Our kids ate regularly. They might be very basic. When the rains came to Malawi and we're up in the mountains and we can't get out on those mud roads, every day what we had available was cabbage, onions, carrots, and beef liver. Mm. Those boys will eat anything now. Uh, you know, because they, if they, if they, if they wanted not to starve, that's what they had to eat for the three months, uh, as the rains, uh, 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 progressed and, and why are we giving, uh, uh, 95, 90 to 95 cents of every dollar to ourselves and five to 10 cents maximum, uh, to the nations? Why do unreached peoples, those who have no workers, no scriptures, no biblical songs uh, 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 where there are believers in these places. They're scattered. They're alone. They're afraid. There's no functioning body of Christ in a storefront, in a house, let alone in something that might be described as a church building. And why in the world do our seminaries give themselves over and they're overflowing with capable highly educated men and some women who are being trained to be pastors and teachers of existing churches are starting Western-style churches where, again, 2.8 to 3 billion people have never heard the word Jesus in their life. They've never heard an Old Testament story, let alone a, a New Testament story. And why... In, in the seminary that I graduated from, uh, uh, I mean, you can get the highest degrees comparable to any degree in, in, in medicine and in and, and, and the world of law. Uh, and, and yet uh, uh, only 10 in my, my school sends six to eight percent of its graduates outside of America. Six hmm. to eight percent. And wow. that would be true of most of the 3,000 plus 4,000 or so seminaries and, and Bible colleges, 
And, and like I've said, we do a great job raising up pastor teachers, and we should do that A plus, but a hmm. D minus at best, raising up evangelists and church planners because that's not something you can teach. That's only something you can model. Right. That's right. that's when you ask Jesus, uh, where where do you where do you stay? And he says, just come and see, you know, let, yeah. let's go, let's, let's go find the place. And so a lot of these, uh, I don't want to make uh, things so simple and I'm not certainly going to dumb things down uh, answers to a lot of these questions about going to the nations and, and going as families and, and, and raising support and uh, learning other languages. These are hard things. And, and oftentimes you're facing complex issues. Uh, Ruth and I, for most of the 35 years overseas, we lived under dictators. We lived under apartheid. We lived under presidents for life, uh, which mm. is the same thing as as a as a, as, a, as a dictator. And and uh, and and you are as likely to be in jail and to be in prison for being good as you are for being bad. And, uh, yeah. uh, and, and so what we want to do is spend the next number of weeks talking about uh, the 10 lies. Uh, and I've reduced that greatly because there's more than that, of course. But the 10 lies that Satan uses the most effectively in regard to the nations, in regard to why are we not going to our Jerusalem, let alone to Judea, Samaria, Judea, and the ends of the earth? Why, why, are, why are these lies from Satan that we're hearing and that we are believing that keep us from going to the ends of the earth? And I think number one is the one that troubles me the most. So I'm not going to build up to number one. This is not my... Like on ESPN, you can watch the top 10 best plays of the week, and they start with 10 and work down to one. I'm starting with number one and going to work up it to 10, and 10 is right. really serious. But what, what the lie that Satan has told, and there, there was a, there was a uh, 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 survey by Lifeway. I think it was one of those other groups. Um, Barna, maybe? Uh, not Barna, uh, uh, I can't remember right now, but they surveyed pastors uh, uh, in the South and, and, and 60% have embraced cessationalism. Now, if you don't know what that is, go ask somebody. I, 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 I'm not going to spend so much time on it, but in a very simplistic way, that the presence of demons and, and, and the presence of spirits and, and the raisings from the dead and the, the casting out of demons and all these overt actions of Jesus and of evil was because of the presence of Jesus. Evil was more present and, 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 and therefore the fight was more elevated. And all of these things that you see, these overt healings, uh, 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 casting out of demons, the cleansing of the lepers, and uh, all these things that went on with Satan speaking directly to people. Uh, these were evidence of the battle 
that was more overt in the New Testament era, and these have ceased uh, 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 in our day and time. And I have a real problem with having myself and colleagues that I love talking about the Bible being inerrant and infallible, but then I can choose to believe that some things are viable in the scriptures and other things uh, are not viable. And the wisdom of man can subtract that which we think is no longer has ceased uh, to be in existence in, in the spiritual realm. And what we say is, well, let me let me go at it backwards. You know what Satan will allow us to do when we talk about the Bible? He will allow us to say almost anything we want to about the Bible. Evil doesn't care if we say that the Bible's inerrant and infallible. Evil doesn't care if we say that it is breathed from the very life of God. It, it, it's God's breathed words that, that everything in the Bible is a clear evidence of the power and the authority of the creator God. It is a clear evidence of what God used to do. Mm. Used to do. Ouch. With the clear implication being he's not doing this stuff anymore. He ceased. He, he's he's. Uh, 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 somehow we have educated ourselves and our didactics are a way of, of defeating the evil one. You're not going to have this head-on, head-on uh, 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 power struggle where evil and good is crashing into each other and, and having 11 of the disciples deny their faith and a 12th one actually betray everything that Jesus had done and, and and we were of the opinion that we're not in that kind of war anymore. And, and mm. uh, the, the fact is, as I've said many times, overt, covert persecution is much more effective than overt persecution. And you generally never see overt persecution as long as the covert stuff is shutting us up and keeping us from going and doing and being and saying what God has commanded us to do. And so lie number one is simply the Bible is an old book, but it's a book about what God used to do. And, and, and mm -hmm. we, we, we keep the Bible in past tense, and we talk about the stories and about what God used to do, with the implications mm -hmm. being that God's not doing this stuff any longer. Right. And, and it secures and it anchors the overt activities of God in the past. And, and admittedly, it's impossible for anybody to read Scripture and miss what we've come to call the call to missions. But a mm. call to missions misses the very point. It's not a call. It's a command. Right. It's a command. Go to Jerusalem. Go to Judea. Samaria, go to Jerusalem, to Judea, go to Samaria, go to the ends of the earth. And the call is simply about, it's very important, where do I exercise God's command uh, for this season of my life? And yet, according to evil 
and according to the way to the numbers of people that are staying in Jerusalem, well, they're not even going throughout Jerusalem. With our own country increasingly becoming a more Christian influenced country rather than a Christian country overtly, where it's estimated that 95% of our folks who are baptized uh, never share Christ with another person. And so mm. uh, we're acting like uh, uh, the Great Commission of God missions no longer applies to God's people, that somehow God's ways are different now. The miracles that we encounter and that we we unpack and preach about in the Bible are so exciting. But that's not what God does today. Mm. God does it differently today. And the first lie claims to honor the Bible, but ultimately it demisses Scripture as ancient history that merely records mm. the activity of God and relegates it to an earlier time, an earlier period of life where things were more simple and less complex. And this first lie, like I've said, claims to love the Bible, be devoted to it, but it ends up of stripping Scripture of its power and of its life mm. and of its magnitude and of its death, depth and of its breath. And the first wow. line sounds something like this. Study the Bible. Learn the Bible. Memorize the Bible. Live by its precepts. Preach it uh, in season and out of season. But understand we live in a different days, and God's call is no longer compelling. God's ways are no longer miraculous the way they were in the New Testament. That God mm. is a past tense God. And the Bible is a past tense book. Wow. It's a record of what God used to do. And God's mm. people were willing to do in past days. And of course, if there are places on earth, and they are, we've lived in them, where evil is still as overt as it was in the Old Testament, well, let's avoid those places. Mm. You know, um, I was about 35, 38 years of age when I went to um, East Asia for the first time. And I was trying to understand how it was possible for men and women in this communist country to come to Christ and, and yet experience and stay faithful in severe and devastating persecution that was so prevalent. And, uh, but in, in, in uh, this was not East Asia. This is Southeast Asia. And this man was part of a people group of 17 million people. And life was a mess for him. It was just a total mess. He and his wife, he was a, what we call a, a folk Muslim. Uh, he had a, a, almost a 50-50 mixture of Islam and, and animistic practices, which is what we call folk Islam. And so he and his wife were fighting, and he was going to uh, gather three friends and, and, and say to them in her presence, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you three times. And in that marriage, his children were disobedient. 
So he didn't care whether the kids went with her or, or stayed with him. He would prefer them to go with her. He, mm. he was a farmer and his crops were not growing. His animals were not multiplying well and his life was just a mess. And he went to the leader of his mosque, who was also the dukun, the witch doctor, the spiritualist is a better word, of his village. And this leader of the mosque and this dukun said to him, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go get a pure white rooster, you know, a male chicken, and you're mm -hmm. going to bring it and I'm going to cut its head off and I'm going to sacrifice its blood. And I watched them do it. They do it in a circle around water wells before they open them. Uh, it's just something about that blood in a circle. Wow. And, 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 and I'm going to, I'm going to sacrifice this, this rooster, this pure white rooster. And, of course, you're going to pay me a fee. And you're going to go back to your home. And on the third night, you're going to be sent a dream. And you need to pay attention to this dream and do what it tells you to do. And he said to me, Dr. Nick, now this guy, Anthony, came 23 hours to find me in his country. Mm. How in the world? We still don't know. He couldn't explain wow. it. That he heard that there was a white man in his country that was talking to former Muslims that now follow Jesus. And he was trying to find out what was happening to them and how their lives were going and how they were withstanding persecution. And somehow he heard that. He'd never been in a two-story building. He'd never been on a paved road. He'd never been in a moving vehicle. He'd never eaten at a table with a knife and a fork. And he came 23 hours, showed up at the hotel that I was renting for those two weeks and said, where is the white man that's having Muslims visit him who have left Islam, which is a very dangerous thing to do? Yeah. Well, since I was the only white man at that hotel, they brought him to me. And he began wow. his, his accent. And his language was so rural, we had to take almost three days. He had to stay there before we found someone who would understand his village language. And we had to work through mm. three interpreters. Incredible. That's, going, that's taken days. Yeah. And he tells us, he begins to tell us about his life and how it was a mess, how he went to that spiritualist, was also the leader of the mosque. And how the guy told him the, that on the third night he'd have a vision of what he was to do about his wife and his children and his crops and his animals. And he said to me, Dr. Ripken, at midnight on the third night, I had a dream. And a voice mm. without a body spoke to me and said, find Jesus, find the good news. And he said, I knew I, I wanted the good news, but what's a Jesus? He said, is, what, what, is a Jesus a fruit? Is it an animal? Is it a tree? Is it a rock? Wow. What is a Jesus? And he said, that voice without a body said, get out of bed. Now, this person is younger than me by 10 years or so. So we can go find this person. I, I'm pretty sure we can find him. Um, though I always met him in, in, a, in, a, in an urban center where he was more safe to come out. And, and, and that voice said, walk over the mountain, leave now in the middle of the night 
Walk over mm. the mountain, walk up the coast of the ocean, and you'll come to a city that you've never been to. You, around daybreak, you'll meet two men, and you're going to ask them where this street is. And he was told the street name. And you'll walk up and down that street. And in his dream and his vision, he was able to see these two numbers. He does. He's not a reader, can't write or read a word. And you're to go up the door that you see this symbol on it and knock on that door and tell whoever answers that door why you've come. And, and, and I like to say, uh, because he's not a member of any church, he didn't know he could be disobedient to that vision from the Holy Spirit. He didn't tell his wife goodbye. He didn't tell his kids goodbye. He's gone for over two weeks. He walks over that mountain. He walks up that coast. At daylight, about 7 o'clock in the morning, he finds two men. Where's this street? They take him to the street. He walks up and down the street. He finds the number on the door. He knocks on the door. And this is a culture you don't do anything before 10 o'clock. You eat breakfast at noon. You eat the wow. noon meal about 7 o'clock. You eat mm. the evening meal about midnight. And then from 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock, you talk about sports and politics, and religion, and the economy, and, 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 and that's when Muslims are most prepared to talk about things of the kingdom of God. Mm. And so one of the things young workers have to answer, am I willing to be up and to be where Muslims are when they're ready to talk about important things of life? That's mm. going to be from midnight to three o'clock in the morning. And changing your lifestyle is much harder than changing your theology. Changing when your kids wow. take naps and go to bed is one of the hardest things that you can do. And I would rather go to Al-Qaeda in Islam than get between a conservative Southern Baptist mother and the time when she thinks she has to homeschool her children. <laughs> One of these things you might survive. The other you're not going to survive. You, you get between a mom and the time that she thinks it's ordained mm. to do homeschooling. Uh, your life is in jeopardy, I'm telling you. And so he knocks on that door. An old man opens the door when no one should be knocking on it. Sees a stranger standing there and says, can I help you? And the young man just blatantly says, I've come to find Jesus. I've come to find the good news. And an arm shot out that door and drug him into that house. And he said to this young man, you, you must think that, 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 that you Muslims must think that, 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 that I'm a fool to fall for something as transparent as this. And the young man told me, he said, I said, sir, I don't know whether you're a fool or not. I, I just met you. You know, it's like, uh, I'm not to have some time to figure this out. And he told him why he had come. And out of 17 million people, we Westerners knew of three men, believers, out of 17 million people. No families, no women, three people. And the Holy Spirit of the living God took that man from his bed took him over the mountain, up the coast, and to the very door of one of those three believers. Wow. <laughs> now, we want to believe that God's in past tense. Mm. 
that God ceased doing the miraculous things of the Bible? I mean, is it not worth my life to go over just to see what God is doing to make himself known? Mm. And that old man kept that young man with him for two weeks. His wife doesn't know where he is. Those kids don't know where their daddy is. There's nobody to milk the cows. There's nobody to take care of the crops and, and keep the varmints and the weeds out of them. And, and this old man leads him in those two weeks to the kingdom of God and begins to disciple him. That young man goes back uh, to his village. He asks his wife for forgiveness for the way that he's treated her in the past. He asks his children for forgiveness, and he shares with them. More, more than anything, his wife has a new husband. Mm. That old husband has been buried in baptism in the name of Jesus. Those kids in all forms and measures, they, their father is a new man, is a new father. And he wow. leads his wife to Christ. He brings his children as much as they will allow into the kingdom of God at that age. And, and guess what? His crops begin to grow. Mm. His animals begin to multiply rapidly. And the neighbors watched his marriage. And they watched him and her with their children. And they watched his animals multiply and his crops grow. And they wanted what he had. What did they want? They wanted Jesus. But they wanted Jesus plus. Right. Jesus plus a good marriage. Jesus plus obedient children. Jesus plus good crops and animals that multiply. And any time, the more quickly you get to Jesus plus issues, the more likely you're going to get corrupted Christianity. Mm. And I think Jesus plus is all over Christianity in America. Right. That it, 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 if we're with Jesus, we get the politics that we want. If we have Jesus, we get uh, uh, the, the law code that stamps out the social ills. And we do with the law that is in favor of us Christians what we should do with sacrifice and love and humility for which there is no law in mm. loving people into the kingdom of God and making them known that they're welcomed into our homes even while they have this deviant behavior. Listen, we've had so many lost people in our homes over the years overseas, and they use language, and they'll come with a different woman, and their, their behavior is, is, is vulgar, but that just gives us opportunity after they're gone to set our children down and when we have family devotions and say, now, kids, here's what you heard tonight. And this is why we don't do that. We don't say that. Mm. And here's what you saw tonight. And this is why your mama and I have the relationship. So you, we're going to have people like this in our home and we're going to love them. And we're going to have them because we want them to have what we have. And that is uh, the salvation that comes from Jesus Christ. But if we don't have them in our home, and if we're not in their homes, this opportunity for them to have eternal life is going to be very, very minor. And so it gives us opportunity to witness to our own family and to affirm what we believe and, and how we act. And, and so uh, they had to work with that because when persecution came, uh, 
a lot of those who were uh, had come to Jesus, plus good crops, plus good marriage, plus animals that multiplied, uh, they didn't stick very long. Mm. It's got to be Jesus and only Jesus. And so uh, I tell this story to make the point that Ruth and I can come home after 35 years and say, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, everything that God and evil has done in what we call the Bible, uh, God is still doing. Satan is still doing. That war is still going on, and, and, and God has not retired. God has yeah. not reduced himself. That everything that we see as being evil, especially in the Old Testament, uh, uh, and, and I think that's the major reason the Old Testament was written personally to show us what Somalia, why Somalia is the way it is, why Afghanistan is the way it is, why, why Putin is the way he is, because mm. that's what the Old Testament is like. Right. And that's what our world becomes when we keep Jesus to ourselves. Wow. You get the Old Testament. And everywhere, dare I say, dare I say, I have never said this in public in my life, that <laughs> everywhere our military has gone in my lifetime, in my lifetime, and, and, and I'll leave Vietnam out because I was younger then and, and, and I've just not educated myself the way I should. No, 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 I'm going to leave Vietnam in here because it fits. Mm. Everywhere our military has had to go and suffer, fight, and die in my lifetime are the very places the church has failed to go for 2,000 years. Wow. Mm. And the church prays for our military who are in harm's way when I believe, Anthony, and I'm almost in tears at this point, that they are in harm's way because Jesus said, go into all the world and take the love of the kingdom of God, and we refuse to do it. Mm. And we've kept Jesus to ourselves. And the cost in blood for our disobedience is thousands upon thousands of times more great than the cost of blood would be if we had gone. Because God knows wow. how to use the blood, and God doesn't waste it. Mm. And God always brings eternal life from the shed blood of his son and those who call themselves followers of Jesus the Christ. Mm. God is still doing everything he has ever done. His call is still compelling. His miraculous works have not come to an end. Even in the darkest places on this planet, God is making himself known often through signs and wonders and his voice. 93% uh, 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 of all Muslims, even in America, that we have met that now are followers of Jesus, their pilgrimage toward Christ in my lifetime began with dreams and visions. Now, dreams and visions do not bring salvation to anyone, but they're hearing the voice of Gabriel's uh, talking to them like this man in the jungle. Find Jesus. Find the good news. 
and they're going and they're walking to one and two or three countries. They're dreaming of the Bible. And by the way, when Muslims dream, no, I'm not going to say that. I can't do that publicly <laughs> because when Muslims dream of the Bible, it has a certain color for a certain reason, but mm. I don't want to put that out there. So Muslims will read our mail, but they're dreaming of the Bible and they're told to find this book and Muslims will go to one and two and three countries until if they are literate, they'll find the book and Muslims will read it three to five times before they say yes to Jesus. And it will take them 30 to 40 encounters with people like you and people like myself. And they'll get a story here and a story there. And it's a great day when they find the Jesus film in their language mm -hmm. that hundreds of thousands of dollars have been spent. Tens of thousands of hours have been uh, given by people who will never meet those people for who this language film is being made. And they watch Jesus's life in their language, and it looks more like them than it looks like the Westerners in their midst. And they are reading that Bible, and God is sending someone like he sent Joseph to Pharaoh, Ananias to Saul. He sent uh, a Philip to the Ethiopian eunuch, asking them, do you understand what you dreamed about? Do you understand what you've read? just like in the Bible times. Mm. And they're saying, no, how can I understand if I have no one uh, to explain these things to us? And that's why God is leading them to folks like us. And, and we're mm. connecting them with believers in their culture that they had no way of knowing that they are there. The point I'm trying to make is, is that don't believe the lie that the Bible is in past tense that it's a clear, powerful record of what God used to do. Mm. Believe that he's still doing it. Mm. And everything that you find in the Old Testament and the New Testament has application in our lives today. And everything we see in the book of Acts is still viable when the gospel explodes uh, in the midst of lostness around the world in church planning movements. Many of those are in Muslim countries. But here's what I think, Anthony, mm. that if you want to see the miracles of God, such as the ones that are in the Bible, you might have to get in a bus or a car or on an airplane and go where God's doing those miracles. Mm. Wow. Why would God need to do overt miracles in the midst of a church that has full access to the entire, all the kingdom of God stuff. We have mm. the whole 66 books of the Bible. We're able to worship. We're able to sit under singing God's words back to him. We're able to pray together, study the Bible together. Uh, uh, but the, the sin in our lives oftentimes is not seeing that as an overt miracle from God. Mm. And, and when we see our churches as normal, huh. as common, and we see them as something we deserve, and, 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 and if something comes to happen in the body of Christ that I belong to, that I disagree with, or it's not my music, or it's not my style of pre preaching, then I can get up and I can move to another church and move to another mm. church because right. the church is about me 
rather about me giving my life within that body of Christ and expending my whole life in that body because that's my family and that's who I were born among and that's who shared Christ with me and that's who married me and that's who helped me raise my children and stood with me in financial and emotional hard times. Uh, You can't take your hand and cut it off of your arm and expect for that hand to be alive when you transport it and lay it next to somebody else's body. It's just going to wither and die. It's no longer a viable organ. Wow. That paints such a richer picture of the, of the kingdom of God, you know, just of the body of Christ in general. Wow. And I think what I'll do is just stop with this first slide because there's so much to unpack here and so much for our listeners to talk about is that can you not go with fear and trembling? And I know most of our listeners are going to be uh, 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 literate and be able to read it. But if not, most of you are even more comfortable with listening to it, uh, you know, on your telephones or, or your computers, or you can, uh, in, in many of the languages of the world, we have little chips that you can put in your telephone and mm-hmm. listen to the entire Bible now and, 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 and persecution not come because you're carrying the Bible in book form around because I've watched people, believers in Somalia be killed because they had a 14 pound Bible that they had no secure way of handling it. And not only that, Anthony, I've watched Muslims carry that 13 pound Bible down the streets of Mogadishu. And before I could get to them and talk about a a wiser way of handling that big green Bible, uh, Al-Ittahad walked up behind that dude and put a bullet in his head Mm. and sent him into eternity because someone gave him a Bible and didn't tell him how to how to handle it securely because being killed for the Bible is not the same as being killed for who Jesus is. And that man went to eternity never hearing the name of Jesus because he was illiterate and someone gave him a Bible and told him this is uh, from the God and it's a book of power and who would not want that as a talisman Mm to hold out against evil in the midst of the worst famine and war zone on the planet in that day and time and carrying that book in public in his environment, got him killed and he went to eternity without Jesus. Mm. Now, sometime we're going to have to talk about how Jesus handled the written word, the Old Testament, and how he handled it in written form, and how he handled it differently in oral form, depending on the environment. But the lie that Satan has told us that most of us have believed is is that the Bible's an old book. It's a clear, authentic, inerrant, infallible record of what God used to do with the implication being that God's not doing this anymore. Well, Mm. if you believe that as a Christian, my sorrow has no limit. Mm. 
Because how can you live an abundant life with a past tense Bible, and therefore if the actions of God are in the past and they no longer are in present active tense, do you really have a God that can go in prison with you? Can Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego see someone else standing in that fire? Can, can, can David actually, can Daniel actually come out of that lion's den? Can, can David slay Goliath? And what we're saying as, you, as we go throughout the world and Jesus commands us to go uh, to Jerusalem and to go to your Judea and your Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And as we have done that the last 35 years of our lives, God has sent Ruth and I and our boys for us so that we can see among the nations that everything that God has done in his word, God is still doing. This is what we have tasted. It's what we have touched. It's what we've seen. It's what we've heard is that we can say with the very essence of our being, praise the living God and praise the living word that everything that God has ever done in his word, God is still doing. He hasn't rested. He hasn't taken a vacation that the God of love, the God of Jesus Christ, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, of David, the, the God of the Old and New Testament. He is our God today in present active tense. Mm. And if you're listening to that, that should cause you to say, uh, uh, praise God, hallelujah. You might be driving in your car and tears going down your face and the person that drives next to you wonders what's wrong with you. But my goodness, to, to celebrate a living God in present active tense it, it is something that you don't want to miss. Mm. I love that. I love that. And so the biggest lie I think that we have to deal with, and all the lies come out of that, is that the Bible's an old book. It's a clear mm. record uh, of everything that God used to do, with the implications being that he's not doing this stuff anymore. Uh, we we want to scratch that lie. We want we want to rub uh, that lie out. And next week, uh, or next time that we come together, uh, uh, we're we're going to unpack uh, a successive lies like this. And 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 these are powerful lies. They're deadly. They're consuming. Yeah. And 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 they'll mess with your mind. And they'll they'll be a cancer in your heart. Hmm. You know, Nick, we've we've had this conversation before, but there's just such a connection. You know, there's so many churches. I think so many people, uh, when they talk about their faith, they talk about what they're talk about their church, or just you know all these different things. And I feel like so many times the the statement is, "Look what we used to do in the past. Look what this church used to do. Or we we used to do these things." I can't help but think there's got to be a connection if we look at the Bible as something God used to do. We always look at our faith in past tense. Look what happened in this generation. Look what happened in this decade, rather than looking forward to what we know God wants to do and can do and does do. Uh, that's a powerful connection when we really, maybe if we don't want to admit it, when we believe that the Bible is an old book and a record of what God used to do. 
Well, it is, it is history, but it is history that through the Holy Spirit of the living God that transform itself uh, in, into present active tense. And, and, and mm. you know what? I, I want to express thanks for listeners that stick with us because we don't really do a drive-by shooting on this podcast and we take time to really go deep in, into things. And, and mm. I just pray that listeners will stick with it because uh, um, there's just a lot of meat in what believers in persecution have taught us. And, but more than that, there's just a lot of eternity in being able to observe what the Holy Spirit of the living God is doing among the nations right now. Mm. And I pray for our listeners too. We pray this often that when you hear these stories, when you listen to these principles and these truths that we want it to really ignite your passion to go, ignite your passion to be obedient, to share your faith across the street and across the oceans. That's what a living and active God does. It gets yeah. us in the story right now and for the future. And we want our listeners to jump in and be a part of that that story and exercise that obedience that Christ has commanded us to do. Nick, thank you for your time today. I know that we only got to one of the lies, um, but uh, really, really good stuff. And I'm looking forward to the next several uh, episodes where we unpack these. And hopefully uh, we want our listeners to be able to hear these and, and unpack them in, in their own hearts and say, how many of these lies have I believed? How many, yes. how many have I been living out? And ask the Holy Spirit of God to really change uh, change our hearts, change our, our postures, and change our worldview of who God is and what He's doing right now. A present active Bible and a present active God demands that we cross the street and the oceans presently. Mm, I'm going to write that down because that's actually really good. Well, I guess that's, that's the Nickism for today, I guess. But uh, <laughs> thanks for your it. time and and uh, I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Love it. Thank you, Nick. Give our love to Aunt Ruth as well and to our listeners. Thank you for tuning in today. We pray that it's not only been a blessing, but a challenge uh, to go across the street and across the oceans with the love of Jesus. I'm Anthony Ball, your host. This has been Witness and Persecution with Nick and Ruth Ripkin. Again, if you'd like more information about our ministry, how to support this podcast, how to support Nick Ripkin Ministries, and more information about how to be how to be equipped to go, you can find it on our website, www.nickripkin.com. Again, our ministry website, www.nickripkin.com. Thank you for joining us, and we will be with you next time.